This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, November the 1st, and our top story is that a man has gone on trial accused of murdering two young women in Tunbridge Wells more than 30 years ago. The bodies of Wendy Nell, who was 25, and 20-year-old Caroline Pierce were found within months of each other back in 1987. 67-year-old David Fuller from East Sussex is appearing at Maidstone Crown Court, where a jury has been sworn in. Our reporter, Paul Hooper, is covering the case for the Kent Online podcast. Paul, what have the jury been told so far? Mason Crown Court has heard many cases over its history, but I suspect not one quite as bizarre as this. The electrician David Fuller, who was on charge accused of the brutal killing of two women in 1987, had sex with them after their deaths, the jury was told. Fuller, who's now 67, shuffled into court dressed in a grey tracksuit and sat with his head bowed as the prosecutor told of the bizarre and grossly repellent activity that he's alleged to have done. Fuller has denied murder, but had admitted killing Wendy Nell, who was 25, and waitress Caroline Pierce, who was 20. It was revealed that Fuller had worked at two hospitals in Kent during the 1980s and admitted that he'd had a bizarre interest in corpses there. He's now claiming that he's not responsible for their deaths because he had a mental illness. But the prosecutor, Duncan Atkinson QC, said Fuller was responsible for his own uh, depravity. Earlier, the judge, Mrs Justice Chima Grubb QC, had told the jury that um, the, the trial was likely to last two weeks and that if it was distressing at the end of the case, that they arranged for the jury to speak to counsellors to deal with any of the issues they may have. She did tell them that they could find some of the evidence emotional and repulsive, or even invoke anger. The court is full. In fact, it's so full of reporters, I've never seen so many, that they have now put the rest of the reporters and observers into the McCure Hotel of the road. So they're watching it by CVP. Most of the evidence will be is accepted because it's a narrow um, line between his admission and his um, claiming that he acted out of diminished responsibility. He's admitted doing what he did, but he was saying that he was suffering from a mental illness and therefore was not fully responsible for what he did. Thanks ever so much, Paula, and you can keep up to date with this trial as it continues at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and an investigation's underway following a sex attack in an alleyway in Sheerness. The victim, who's in her 20s, has told police she was punched before being raped in the walkway between Alma Road and Berridge Road. It happened in the early hours of yesterday and police are going through CCTV. We've got a description of the suspect at Kent Online. A man's been jailed after smashing a bottle in a uni student's face in Canterbury. 22-year-old Callum Gabitas from Branshaw Road in the city 
also beat the victim with a belt for eight minutes. He's been sentenced to five years and seven months. A woman in her 20s has been found dead at a flat in Canterbury. Emergency crews were called to Warwick Road on Saturday morning. Police say they haven't found any suspicious circumstances. Now, a man who was apprehended by security guards at Bluewater and accused of stealing has returned to the shopping centre in a bid to celebrate diversity and change opinions. Cephas Williams says he was targeted because of the colour of his skin. This is the moment it happened back in the summer. Why are you grabbing me? Have you paid? Have you paid? Yeah. What do you mean have I paid? Of course I've paid. Why are you grabbing my arm? Why are you grabbing my arm? My stuff. Where's your receipt? Why are you grabbing my arm? and My stuff. I've got my receipt. You don't hold my arm and grab it. I'm the wrong one. I'm the wrong one. You did that to you today. I'm the wrong one. I did pay. Can you move back? Give me my space. You're supposed to be socially distanced. How are you grabbing my arm and grabbing my products? How are you grabbing my arm and grabbing my product? something pounds. How are you grabbing me over a hundred and something pounds? How are you grabbing me? You grabbed me. You've handled me wrongly. I've paid. He's now teamed up with the management there and put more than 200 pictures of black people on display as part of the portrait of black Britain. I asked him why he wanted to return to Blue Water. The concept of doing it at Blue Water was born from the incident that I had. I had there not not when I was going through the incident I was thinking I'm going to come back and do Portrait of Black Britain for context that was when I was accused of stealing um, and apprehended by the security guards of the store and harassed really uh, and I say that I can't even watch the video about myself you know what I mean like without feeling some type of way and what's, what becomes very interesting is when I talk about how we've been represented over time and the power of doing it again, doing this in, in the same place where, you know, I was profiled because of the colour of my skin. It's almost a reintroduction into the black reality. And I say it in the video, right? I say, you know, the issue here is if I'm not a football player or if I'm not a rapper, then I don't exist to you. Like, I probably stole it. Because in isolation of those two things and perhaps a, a couple others, you're, a lot of people are conditioned to see black people, particularly black men, as criminals. All the knife crime, knife crime, knife crime headlines. Well, if you only put out information about black men or black people as victims or perpetrators of knife crime or thieves or criminals, then guess what? When people see them, it's going to have that influence. And so it's important for people to know, and it's very poetic to do it on the same ground. And I'll explain to you why beyond just like, you know, a yes result moment, it's poetic because it speaks to what I'm about. When I talk about the Black British Network strapline saying together we are stronger, I mean that. So yeah, a, a, a Blue Water and a Land Security didn't approach me and say, hey, how? what can we do? I approached the CEO and I said, let's break bread. Let's talk human to human. And we had hundreds of people, thousands of people saying, yo, you know, let's boycott Blue Water. Yo, like, let's boycott the store that actually harassed man or yo like it's a legal thing and all these different things like take people to court and in my head like I'm sitting there and I can do all of these things and I could go the crowd and I could go the energy but where do you draw the line between the change and the rebellion sometimes it takes for the rebellion to see the change and that's what we saw last year when black people said enough is enough and rebel like we're not rebellion is not necessarily a negative thing 
rebellion breeds invention. Something is not is frustrating. Is not is not comfortable. So you invent something. So, so rebellion is not. Neg- but where do you draw the line? Because for me, I'm very much about how do we work together. If we can, how do we work together? And so my interest was to go to Mark Allen, who's the CEO, and say, let's let's sit down as leaders, as human beings, so that if we do do some stuff, we can cascade it from the top. And blue water, as I've said before, is a is a drop in the ocean. Put launching portrait of Black Britain at Blue Water is a drop in the ocean to the interest uh, around what we can do with the land securities, and is an introduction to a much broader and wider conversation. So, I would see portrait of Black Britain as much as uh, it's being commissioned by land securities, which is a blessing, uh, as a gift from me. Right, this is a gift, and it's me very poetically putting this portrait series at the heart of where I basically was, you know, um, belittled, you know, reduced, humiliated. And it's me, it's me giving, giving something back as a gift at that point. And that preaches a very poetic message. And I think when history looks back over time and they see that approach to conflict resolution to so much more, it's like if this, at that point, People can look at it from the black lens. They can look at it from any lens. Like, this is what he went through and this is what he turned it into. The exhibition will be at the centre for the next fortnight. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. Police are still trying to trace the driver of a car after a woman was injured in a hit and run in Folkestone. It happened as she tried to cross Sandgate Road near the junction with Cheriton Place a week ago. The car's been described as small and either grey, silver or light blue. A family of five from Chatham say they're desperate to move from their unsafe house. They claim their home is infested with bugs and often floods because of broken windows. Dad Stephen Bursey has been explaining their difficult circumstances. Her son Mitchell has uh, Down syndrome um, and he has um, quite a few ongoing issues such as sleep apnea. Um, he struggles with stairs every so often. Well, the landlord, London and Quadrant, say the safety and welfare of their residents is their top priority and they're working with the family. You can see pictures of the house at Kent Online. A man's been rescued after falling into the River Medway. Emergency services were called to Kingfisher Meadows in Maidstone just after midnight at the weekend. The man was placed into the care of paramedics. A Kent MP says GP services in Morling won't cope if 900 new homes are built. Tom Tugendhat says services will be pushed to the point of no return and has urged health bosses to object to the plans at Broadwater Farm. There are already 145 objections to the development between East and West Morling. Now, as COP26 takes place in Glasgow, all this week we're going to be hearing from some of the people in Kent who are doing what they can to tackle climate change. Boris Johnson is calling on world leaders to act before it's too late. Greta Thunberg is also in Scotland while the talks take place and has inspired other young people to speak out. One of them is eight-year-old Summer Harmon from Norfleet, who was inspired to do something after watching a David Attenborough documentary. She's been chatting to our reporter, Megan Carr. Me and my mum are going to talk about polar bears and how all the pollution is making the glaciers um, melt. And then my dad came up with um, David Attenborough and then we got the idea of um, creating a leaflet. And what's in your leaflet? Um, ways to save the planet. You could turn off electrics when they're not in use to save um, electric and 
instead of um, driving all the time to places you could walk, bike or carpool, instead of going loads of other and loads of cars, you could go only in one or two. Yeah, and what little things have you been doing to look after the environment? Well, when um, my electrics aren't in use, I turn them off. And instead of, and now the past couple of weeks, in, instead of driving, we've been walking. And have you been sharing it with your friends at school? What do they think of your leaflet? They think it's a great idea and they, and they start to um, do the little things as well to make a change. Because if we don't, we might not even be a, have an earth. Well, you can read about summer and some of Kent's other climate heroes in our special report at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. A dog owner from Maidstone has criticised police after her border terrier was attacked for a second time. Frances Futrell was also bitten when it happened near Parkwood. She says the force hasn't done anything. Well, they've told us they've been in contact with the victim and are investigating. At Kent Online today, you can see a car that was pulled over by police near Cobham after they spotted it was being driven with a smashed windscreen. Officers saw the vehicle on the A2 last night and say the glass was so badly damaged the driver couldn't see where he was going going. The car also wasn't insured and has been seized. Kent celebrity chef Mark Sargent has announced he's stepping away from his restaurant and pub empire. The 48-year-old says it's due to unresolvable differences of opinion with his business partner. He used to own Rock Salt in Folkestone, not far from his first fish and chip shop, The Smokehouse. He was also involved with several pubs, including the Radnor Arms in the town and the Wife of Bath in Wye. Now, a Kent teenager who lost both of his parents within months of each other has been nominated for a Pride of Britain award. Jeremy Daubney from Tunbridge Wells raised more than £37,000 for the MND Association and the Brain Tumour Charity in memory of his mum and dad. The 19-year-old carried out an epic 2,500-mile cycle around the UK, all in search of the perfect cooked breakfast. He's been telling me more about the challenge. I think cycling really helped me during lockdown. So I wanted to do something with a year out between school and university that had purpose and helped me process everything that's happened to my parents. So it was quite a logical thing to maybe do a bit of a fundraiser. But I didn't I wanted, didn't want to do it aimlessly and kind of I wanted a bit of a gimmick that people could get on board with on social media and so on. So slowly, like throwing ideas back and forth with my sister and my friends, I came up with the idea of um, looking for like the best cooked breakfast in Britain, because obviously with travel, you're limited just to, um, just to traveling in Britain. So what did Britain do very well? And I couldn't really see myself eating fish and chips every day, but I could see myself eating a cooked breakfast every so often. So often, so yeah, the trip came about that way. And it, it is a fantastic gimmick, as you say. But how much support have your your family and your friends given you? Because you have been through an incredibly tough time. Me and my sister have got an incredible relationship. Like she is my main support, I'd say. And I've got a really lovely uncle and a really lovely auntie who've always um, been there. And so yeah, my friends have been incredible as well. And just you know, when I need to call. I can go to them and tell them and I've learned, I guess I learned on the trip actually the power of talking to people and taking people on the journey with you. You can't do it alone. And there were on the, on the trip really, really lonely days, but a phone call home didn't solve it, but it definitely just took the burden off my shoulders. And I realised that, I mean, sometimes on the trip, I did feel like everyone just wanted to see me suffer. That was why they were donating, but no, they were, that wasn't the reason. And so, just talking 
some people really got me back, got my perspective back to me. You said you you wanted to do something, obviously, to help you process what had happened. Did you find getting away from home and travelling to perhaps parts of Britain that you'd never been to before helped you as well as that talking while you were there? So I definitely say so. I mean, I found that a lot of my in my childhood, a lot of my happiest memories were outside and in different landscapes. So, for example, at the start of the trip, it was bluebell season. There were loads and loads of bluebells out, and I remember. Um, when we were younger we used always used to go on these amazing bluebell walks in the woods as families and as i cycled by them all the memories came flooding back so on so just going through different landscapes and not having like your phone to reach to instantly because you were cycling you had to sit with the feeling and it really helped me process and everyone who asked me why have you got a free bed house attached to your bike why are you cycling i'd then explain the story explain my parents conditions and just through chatting it through quite um, constantly really helped the process of things. And as you say, you've raised money for two incredible charities. How much have they helped you as much as you're now helping them? Um, well, I think the main thing the charities do is they are looking for a cure which can, uh, yeah, put an end to brain tumours and motor neuron disease. I mean, motor neuron disease in particular is just this horrible condition where the muscles in your body slowly shut down. So for my mum, it started off with her arm, started to have, she lost sense of her muscles in her arm, and then slowly her whole left side started to shut down. And soon she was unable to speak, unable to eat and drink, turn over in bed. And yeah, it just took away every single bit of her independence. And just the idea that there's a group of people fighting for a cure. And I just don't want to see anyone suffer like my parents did again. So that's what the charities do. And I, yeah, I really enjoyed being, doing all I can to help them in their mission. Absolutely. And do you know yet if this is going to lead on to something else? I mean, obviously it was, it was going to fill in that year and you had a real purpose, but have you kind of got a bit of a, a bug for doing this sort of thing and want to do some more definitely so fundraising wise i'm now a young ambassador with the brain tumor charity so i'm constantly and i think often about every two weeks or a month or so there are zoom calls with other young ambassadors and we fundraise and raise publicity together uh, just yesterday i was um, talking to an mp who was talking about cancer support and the like so it's really brilliant just having that to continue to work with charities where I get such a buzz off and yeah doing all I can to help. I do have to ask though where was the best British breakfast did you find it? Yeah so the, the challenge was called called the Tour de Full English and ironically the winner of the Tour de Full English was actually in Wales there was a, a little cafe on the Welsh coast in Pembrokeshire um, called Cafe Iahagna which did a really really good full English just every at every single uh, need of the rating system. So yeah, if you want a, a good cooked breakfast, go to Pembrokeshire. The Pride of Britain Awards were staged over the weekend and will be on TV on Thursday. Kent Online reports. Bob Geldof looks set to finally be given the go-ahead to build a large pond at his home in Faversham. He submitted plans last summer, but the build was put on hold until archaeologists searched the grounds of the 12th century property. Nothing major was found, though, so the application can continue. Kent drag queen River Medway says her time on Drag Race UK was everything they'd hoped for. She left the show after losing the lip sync battle last week, but says she achieved everything she wanted to and has been speaking to Leisha. 
I wanted to show everyone who I am as a real person. I wanted to show where I come from. I wanted to show my heritage. I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to tell my mum's story. I wanted to, you know, show people what I could do. And I think I ticked every single thing, to be honest. I mean, you did get the Rue Peter badge back in girl group week as well. How was that to, you know, that week was really emotional for you to open up about your mum on yeah. national TV. How was that for you? To be honest, like, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. I'm really happy that Drag Race gave me the safe environment for me to do that. And I felt really comfortable opening up and talking to Ella, obviously like one of my close friends and just like really just getting to tell my story because I knew how important it would be for me to tell my story on TV. And then obviously like got to meet Steps, got to meet Emma Bunton and then do the girl group challenge, which I was really looking forward to. And then we won and then we got to dress up as Spice Girls. Like it was so, so great. It was my favorite episode from the whole season. And obviously we've seen you at so many Pride events in Kent, seen you at Medway, Canterbury, you know, even on Wednesday, you were down at Mid-Kent College. Are you hoping to continue that, like inspiring other people in Medway and Kent as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, it's, this is the thing, it's so important for me to not forget where I've come from. And I think people are so quick to say, I need to get out of my hometown. I need to move. There's no, there's nothing for me here. There's no one like me. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to change until you, unless you do something yourself. And I think it's so important for young people in Medway and in Kent and anywhere to just see people like themselves. And the fact that I'm like born and raised in Medway, like now I feel like I need to give back and I want young people in Medway to see themselves on TV and see people like them on TV is really important to me. Um, which is why I'm, I'm so vocal about it and why I'm so proud of where I've come from. A new fish restaurant is set to launch in Herne Bay. The cookhouse will be opening at the former Le Petit Poisson site on the promenade after a £150,000 renovation. This is one of our most read stories from the weekend. The restaurant will open by the spring and create around 20 jobs. And Ed Sheeran's reclaimed the top spot on the Kent Top 40 with Alex and Numi. Shivers is back at number one with Adele's new track Easy On Me dropping to second. Elton John and Dua Lipa stay at number three. Kent Online Sport. Football and some Gillingham fans have been given a 90-day ban following a campaign calling for the club's chairman to quit. Paul Scally had vowed to take action after a plane with a Scally Out banner was flown over Priestfield when they played Sunderland last month. Suspensions have been given to supporters he believes organised it. Meantime, it was a frustrating weekend for the Jills who were held to a goalless draw by Accrington Stanley at Priestfield. Boss Steve Evans spoke to us after the match. The answer is missed chances, isn't it? You know, I think they're. Um, I think people who's not been here today will say Steve Evans are going on the same thing. But you can put the tape recorder on from last week. The difference of this week to last week is we defended properly when Accrington had the odd counter attack, and they've got good players. You know, they've probably got one of the best strikers in the league, so if not the best, so they're going to always have a counter attack problem. But we've had total dominance. I think you can count seven or eight, nine chances where we should score. We've not. So it's um, it's hard to take, but we, we have to just keep walking hard and take the positives. That the performance at Bolton was very, very good. Whatever Emma says, we conceded late. The performance today was even a step up from that. This is a good Accrington side that went to Charlton two weeks ago, Charlton, and win very comfortably. They know we should win the game. I think if we'd have got one, we'd have got three or four. And and that's against who I regard as a really good side, anyone anyway, that's playing Accrington home or away knows they're in for a game in League One, knows they're in for a game. We knew we were in for a game. Um, but we've we've produced a really good performance today, all bar 
the final product. We tightened up defensively. That was that was more solid. They're always going to have a couple of chances. Pelly had a chance in the in the first half, which was their only chance really when he got off his jack. Um, but other than that, I think I've seen some incredible misses today, and, I, and, I, and I've seen some fantastic and very fortunate goalkeeping when he's lying on the floor and it's hitting him. So, so from that point of view, it's it's frustration. And Gillingham are back in action on Saturday when they take on Cheltenham Town in the FA Cup. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. You can do it by subscribing at kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk